0: People of God, join me in prayer as we enter into God's word to us this morning. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for life, for the capacities to think and feel and decide and act. We thank you for our lives to live this very November morning. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that in baptism, You not only draw us unto yourself, but you give us to each other and to the world. We thank you for the sound of another's voice, for the touch of another's hand, for the presence of another's being. God, out of your abundance, we ask this morning that you will fan the flickering flames of our life so that inspired... By your power and your compassion, we might return thanks and turn to give ourselves so that the world might thrive. In your name we live and move and have our being. Amen. There's in your bulletin this morning a folded sheet. I'm going to ask you to take that out because we'll need it as we work abundance, gratitude, and mission with one another this morning. We sang God's word to us this morning out of the Old Testament, Psalm 23. An incredible song of celebration of God as leader and God as host. As you take out the sheet and pick up that side of it that has Psalm 23 on it, as I read the psalm again, I ask you to pay particularly particularly close attention to the words that are in italics. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. (laughs) Whoa! You want a description, a vital living description of what it's like to be alongside of, to be accompanied by God who is shepherd, compassionate, strong leader, and host, hostess the one who sets the table of abundance in the presence of fear, of enemy, of difficulty. Dear friends in Christ, this morning, as people of God, that abundance is ours. You shall not want lush green pastures, quiet still waters, the restoration of one's soul, Right paths in which to walk. Needn't fear evil. Having God be present with us. Being comforted. Being anointed, that is, chosen and and affirmed as one of value and worth. Being so deeply satisfied that one's cup overflows. And the great promise that whatever comes, we shall this morning as we are gathered here and forever be in the house of the Lord our whole life long and ongoing. Abundance. Dear friends in Christ, celebrate the abundance we have as the people of God. So think with me about your thanksgiving. I wonder this morning, if as a child, Or for those of you who are adults, do you remember having a parent say to you, now say thank you? Perhaps it was at an early birthday party or at Christmas time and you received a gift and your mother or your father said, now say thank you. I suppose as a parent, you may be in that mode leading your child to say thank you even now. Say thank you. I wonder how many of you, as you gather to have a meal, return thanks. That ongoing daily routine and practice of remembering that we have around us in the basic elements of our lives an incredibly rich storehouse of what God gives us. Think of this morning, got up out of a warm bed into a day that's safe, perhaps drove here on streets that have been prepared for you, a church that was waiting to receive you. We could get started and just continue with all of what's there unfolding around us and before us for the good and enjoyment of our lives. Woe, people of God, we are, of all people, deeply blessed. So now, hang on to your giving thanks. your saying thank you. Perhaps you're writing thank you notes. You're returning thanks at mealtime. Add to that an event, a person that you see in your mind's eye, whereby your life has been enriched. A person, an event, an occurrence that you would identify as a moment in which you became more because someone else made a contribution to your existence. I remember ninth grade, skinny, long-armed. i had just quit wetting my bed a grade before. I was registering for classes at our high school. As I'm standing in line, the track coach comes up to me and says, Martinson, you have long arms. And I'm thinking, the track coach commenting on the anatomy of the student standing in line and then a track coach talking about long arms, maybe long legs, but not long arms. Then he said to me, you can hold higher on a pole vault pole than anyone else your size. So He coaxed and cajoled and twisted my arm. And so I went out for track. The first time I ran down the runway with a pole in my hand, I didn't get both legs on the same side of the pole. And whoa, did it hurt. He took me into the gym on a rope. And there, little by little, carved out of a raw bone skinny farm kid, a little all-American pole vaulter, I didn't know. It was in me, but he came alongside, and taught, and coached, and changed my life. I shall never be the same because of Chuck Peterson. I am deeply, deeply in his debt. I would guess that you have such people who have shaped and formed, perhaps even now, shaping and forming your life. Before the day is out, I invite you, if they're still alive, to drop them a note, perhaps an email, perhaps text them, perhaps even use the post to send them a handwritten note thanking them. If they are no longer alive, observe a moment of silence and simply bask in the gift that they have given you. Hang on to saying thanks, writing thank you notes, returning thanks. And being aware of a particular event, of a particular person who has made your life richer. Then flip over the sheet that you have in front of you and let's turn this morning to a Thanksgiving story. We've just read this gospel text out of Luke. By the way, it only it only appears in Luke. You know, Luke, one of the gospel writers, had been before he became an apostle, a physician. It's interesting that a physician should pay attention to this particular story. Lepers, Hansen's disease, questions of healing, questions of being made well. Luke, physician, concerned about the physical well-being of God's people, includes this story. Let's take a look at it. There are some pieces of it that are particularly interesting. Samaria and Galilee. You know that the Samaritans weren't quite accepted because they were a mixture of people who had been brought in during the captivity of Israel and Judea, people who had been brought in from Persia to intermix with the people there And now, somehow, the people of Galilee looked down on the Samaritans. They were outsiders. They were not kosher. Ten lepers. If you want an interesting experience in learning about the combination of illness, physical aspects of illness and bullying. Google leprosy and take a look at the wide variety of ways in which leprosy could, infect, from changing of color in the skin that regularly was not particularly harmful to a bacteria that ate away at the mucous membranes of one's mouth and one's nose and in between one's fingers. So ultimately, it ate away and destroyed not only the flesh, but the nerves as well. It was hideous. And because it was contagious, you notice in this text, the lepers don't come close. They stay far off. But then it got mixed up with religion. And now people said, these people their noses and their fingers and have all these blotches on their skin. It's not just a disease, it's in fact God's punishment. And these are in fact unclean people. And they ought not to be a part of who we are. So they lived as colonies. And it's interesting in this text you'll discover that Jesus, according to the plan of the day, not only heals them but says, Go to the priests. So the priest can see you and declare you clean, not just physically healed, but in fact spiritually right with God and the community. I wonder how often we mix up physical capacities and existential, spiritual elements. I know that ninth grader who stood in line to register had been laughed at, made fun of. One night I was at a sleepover and I wet my bed, and the next day I came to school, and up and down the hallways they were calling out, pee boy, diaper boy, diaper man. I'd hoped that that night at the sleepover I might become one of them. And now my physical incapacity to handle my sphincter muscles was identified with my devaluation and my abasement. And so, standing far off, the lepers call out to Jesus. You see, Jesus of Nazareth is about making life better. Jesus of Nazareth is about making life better. Jesus of Nazareth is about making spiritual life better. Jesus of Nazareth does not separate Samaritans from Galileans. All can approach and be healed. But they don't approach because they're keeping with the mores, the rules of the time. So they call out for Jesus and they ask Not to heal them, but to what? Have mercy on them. They have bought the fact that they're not just physically marred, but they are also spiritually unclean. So what does Jesus do? Go and do what lepers are supposed to do when they've gotten well, is to get checked out, not by the doctor, but by the priest. So that as they re-enter society, they they will have been not only healed, but they will have been declared clean. And so on the way, they're healed. And then, one of them returns. Notice, as the one comes back, Jesus is asking all of what was at stake for these other nine why wouldn't they have come back to say thanks? Their physical lives were turned around. They got noses and fingers and feet. Their spiritual lives were turned around. They now were a part of the community of those who were accepted. Why wouldn't they come back and say thanks? Well, it's not so difficult to understand. Those of us who live regularly in the blessings and abundance of what God's creation and the incredible world around us creates for us, can live into it to the place where we take the marvelous, the magnificent, the mundane, the basic for granted. I do. And so it's incredibly interesting to follow Jesus As Jesus says to this one who came back and said thanks, not you are healed. Look at the last word in the text this morning. The last word. What is that word? That word is, (laughs) you have been made well. Is physical healing enough to create wellness? I don't think so into that mix of wellness certainly physical healing matters greatly but into that mix of wellness we have this interesting move that the one leper makes by recognizing that where I was before was terribly harmful physically, spiritually I appreciate I appreciate the change and I didn't make it. I didn't get myself fixed. Jesus, I need to come back to you because it came from outside me and it came into my life. And so he returns to give thanks and to give indication that in his spirit in his sense of reality, in his ways of way of moving in the world, there's now inside of him a delight and appreciation. A sense that I belong to a world in which people make a difference in each other's life. And as I do so, I in fact now have entered not just the world of the physically well, not just the world of the spiritually well, but the world as it unfolds with God in terms of bringing to us abundant life. It's interesting this morning Abundance, abundance isn't enough to create abundant life. Gratitude is in the mix. So let's bring this around and ask as we close. So what is saying thanks? What is gratitude? How might we together as God's people live into it? How might we give it to each other? How might it embrace us? so that as we come to church on Sunday morning, we're concerned about our wellness, yes, as physical beings, our wellness, yes, as spiritual beings, but our wellness, yes, as persons who have a wholeness that comes from recognition of, first, this comes from God. Dear friends in Christ, everything we have this morning ultimately comes from the Creator works with the creation in us, that it might unfold, and that we might have life and that we have it abundantly. Secondly, it is, it is an indication that no matter we take the wings of the morning and float in moments of highest ecstasy or slip into depths of deepest despair, there's goodness in the world. There's goodness. Even for the outcasts, the lepers, disintegrating, separated. There's goodness. There's goodness in the world. Thirdly, we can, in fact, together expand it, celebrate it, deepen it, and we can, in fact, say to the world, come join us as we live together with God, with the goodness of the world, in a community in which we bless one another. Let me give you, as we close, the thanks poem of someone who had met Jesus in our time. He wrote after the meeting, I'd walked life's way with an easy tread, had followed where comforts and pleasures led, until one day in a quiet place, I met the Savior face to face. I'd reared my castles and built them high, their spires had pierced the blue of the sky, I'd vowed to rule with an iron mace till I met the Master, Face to face. I met him and knew him and blushed to see that his eyes filled with compassion were focused on me. And I faltered and fell at his feet that day, and the castles melted and vanished away. Melted and vanished and in their place, not else could I see but the master's face. And I cried aloud, Lord, help me to meet and follow the steps of your wounded feet. My thoughts are now for the lives of men, for I've lost my life and I've found it again. Ever since this place, ever since this day in a quiet place, where I met the Master face to face. You've met this one this morning, dear friends in Christ. Confession of sin, pronunciation of absolution. Oh, the comfort, the inexpressible comfort of being deeply understood and pouring out all the words, chaff and grain, good and bad together, that a faithful hand will keep that which is worth keeping, and with a breath of kindness, blow the rest away. That's you this morning. You've met this one in the hymns and the singing. You've met this one in the word, and you're about to meet this one in the bread and wine of this God's presence. Let's pray. God, you move among us as we pick up our lives each morning. You have surrounded us with so much. Dear God, know that we are thankful. You watch over each of our lives and know that we are thankful. You watch over this church and we know that Mount Carmel is thankful. And so this morning, stir up in us our gratitude that it might become a shared, abundant life and may speak to the world of an oasis of graciousness. In your name we pray. Amen.